Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of NSPE Speaks, the only podcast produced especially for professional engineers by the National Society of Professional Engineers. I'm your host this time, Danielle Boykin, Associate Editor, and I'm joined uh, by at least one of our regulars. That would be me, Stacey Ober, the Senior Manager of Public Relations and Outreach. Okay. And this episode, we are thrilled to introduce a new member of our team. So introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Taylor Wanbaugh. I'm going to be the new staff writer here at NSPE. I was a journalism student at University of Missouri with an emphasis in magazine writing. Uh, in the past, I've interned at a lot of different magazines and newspapers and other communication sources. My main focus here is going to be on industry and construction. So basically just really excited to be here and start working on different stories and things like that. Well, we're glad to have you on board, and hopefully you will provide the comic relief that we need. <laughs> we had Matt for a while, so... Yes. No, no pressure. No, yeah, pressure. no pressure at all. <laughs> and we will just send a quick shout-out to Eva Kaplan-Laserson, who yes. is normally with us. Um, however, she is under the weather uh, for this particular podcast, so we look forward to welcoming yeah, but her we'll back. be having a segment later in the podcast. That's right. So. She did an awesome mm-hmm. interview we'll get to in a little bit. Okay. Well, we're going to kick off this latest podcast by talking about a big event that's going to go on uh, later this month, the Professional Engineers Conference, which will be held July 19th through the 23rd in Atlanta. And the topic uh, for this conference is called Focusing the Future. So we've got great lineups, and maybe Stacey's going to tell us a little bit more about what people will expect at that conference. Sure. We're going to be in at Hotlanta middle of July. I think that That name will uh, ring true. And so with Focusing the Future as the uh, theme for this year's conference, we'll be doing a lot of discussion about the future of the profession, uh, the future of the professional engineering exam, uh, the future of engineering in the cognitive computing era, as well as some other sort of futuristic topics. Um, Self-driving cars is always a big one for us, autonomous vehicles, what's going on with that. But I think there's also some other really interesting sessions, um, like isn't there one on water safety? Yeah, there's actually one that has to do with the team that was in charge of figuring out, you know, the Flint water crisis and solving that issue. And I think that kind of goes along with, you know, looking at the future of engineering and seeing how we can solve these problems that have to do with wastewater or drinking water or water in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's always a big one. We're excited to have her there for sure. And yeah, so I think one of the other ones, urban connectivity, how transportation technologies are changing infrastructure. We've got a future focus there. Um, And then, of course, we're looking forward to our opening general session with Dr. G.P. Bud Peterson. And he is going to be talking about, strangely enough, the future of engineering, education, and beyond as the president of Georgia Tech. So looking forward to a great conference. We hope to see lots of you folks there. And I think um, Eva's interview focused on Pecan, didn't it? Yes, Eva talked with the 2017 conference vice chair, Keel Johnson, PE, to get the behind-the-scenes scoop on what the planning is focused on and what he's most excited about for this year and why everyone should attend. So let's take a listen. Sounds good. Well, thank you for joining me today, Keel, to talk about the 2017 Professional Engineers Conference. Just to uh, give the listeners a little background on you, can you tell us what your role is and what you've been working on uh, related to the conference? Sure. Thanks, Eva, for having me. Uh, my name is Keel Johnson, and I am the vice chair for this year's PECon 2017. And my role has been kind of a catch-all. I've been helping out with a lot of different aspects, anywhere from sponsorships to 
helping out with speakers to helping out with various committees for events for attendees at the conference and pretty much if it needs to be done I try to help out. Great and what are some of the things that happen behind the scenes that that you think folks should know about? I mean obviously there's a lot of hard work that goes into it that may or may not be apparent when folks get there. What what are you all really focusing on behind the scenes to make sure that this year's conference is a great experience for everybody? That's a great question. There is always a lot that goes on behind the scenes but I guess our primary goal is to make it an event that engineers from every discipline would come and enjoy. So we try to keep a good smattering of different events that would appeal not only to one specific type of engineer, but to engineering in general, especially the profession. And one thing that's always difficult is creating um, the excitement, you know, people want to attend, you know, having a, a good hit list of events. Great. And how long have you all been working to put the event together? Uh, we started late summer of last year. I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. month, but we've been working on it for a long time. And uh, there's always last-minute changes that always occur. <laughs> I mean, it's called life. Right. But, uh, it does keep you on your toes, but we've had a, a good handle on it for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Great. And is there anything in particular that you want to highlight? Is there um, some stuff that you're particularly excited about that's coming up? Well, I have to say I'm pretty partial to uh, Mr. Stadola is going to be talking about the future of the profession and what his task force is tackling. I know that they've extended that for another year now, which just speaks volumes about, you know, the value that they um, are looking to get out of that uh, conference and obviously task force, because it seems like you read something new every week that changes our profession or could change our profession. So it's like a moving target hard to keep ahead of. So I'm kind of interested to uh, hear what he's going to have from uh, his committee mm-hmm. and his task force. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I mean, there's a lot of really good ones. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to say there's just one, but I guess I, since we started out, uh, Adams was the one that was most interesting to me. And there's also some social events, networking, off-site trips. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the fun stuff that's going on that people can look forward to. Absolutely. Well, Wednesday night... The local Georgia chapter is going to be putting on a social event and a a mentoring, kind of a speed mentoring event where you get a chance to converse with engineers of various, you know, experience. And it's just meant to be just try to be a help out for some of our younger engineers or younger members. And and then Thursday night we'll be doing a social event also. We're going to be handing out baskets where we uh, solicited each state actually to provide a best of their state basket. And so we'll be giving out giving out a basket at those events, and obviously it'll be a social hour in which you can meet with our exhibitors and uh, have a chance to even meet some of them and win baskets from them also. So it's really meant to try to be a, a very collaborative event where you can get a chance to meet engineers from every walk of life and hopefully every state. Sounds great. What are you personally most excited about um, in addition to the uh, future of the profession? What are your plans at, at conferences here? Well, uh, I get a lot of joy at a conferences, especially this one will be interesting, uh, is meeting engineers from all over the country and talking with them with the uh, issues that they have or, you know, challenges that they may encounter. And, you know, seeing how it parallels what we have or even getting good ideas for how we can better run our state society or even uh, NSB in general. It's just interesting to talk to those people and get those different perspectives. 
Definitely, definitely. And last question, you know, why is this conference important for people to attend? What, you know, why should they make sure to, to not miss it? Well, you know, NSB, we're a huge advocate for the professional engineer, licensed professional engineer. And that's what this conference is really trying to tackle is not only events specific technically, but educationally and with leadership tracks. And again, like what Adams is trying to show how we're moving forward and how we need to adapt to an ever-changing environment. And so the licensed professional engineer, it's imperative that they keep up with these events and, you know, what's going on. And that's what we're really trying to tackle, in my opinion, because if we're not trying to stay on the leading edge, then it's going to get out of control and we're not going to be able to have the kind of guidance and input that would be required. Okay. Any other thoughts before we wrap up and uh, say, everybody, uh, we'll see you there at conference? Well, you stole the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to see everybody there. It should be a great time. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eva. So that was an awesome interview. Great to hear from Keel on all of the exciting things happening at PECON. Um, just to recap, um, we've also got some cool off-site events happening, as well as some networking and receptions that we always have at PECON. One of the evenings this particular conference is going to be at the renowned Georgia Aquarium. So it's a Friday night at the aquarium. Guests will be able to have a buffet-style dinner and then free access to roam the aquarium for a couple hours. So that'll be awesome. And just a reminder to download the 2017 Pecan app. You can find the schedule of sessions, uh, floor map on where to go, activities, post to social media, and you can actually chat with other members um, and make up your own schedule. So be sure to check that out for all of the latest and greatest happening at Pecan 17. And for the latest and greatest on NSP advocacy news, Danielle has some updates for us. All right. Well, just before I talk about the advocacy news, um, since we're on the topic of the conference, every year um, the National Academy of Forensic Engineers hosts their summer meeting uh, sort of in conjunction with the conference. And uh, this year is special because they will celebrate their 35th anniversary. Uh, They will be having a special dinner on July 22nd. Uh, But for more than three decades, the National Academy of Forensic Engineers has been advancing the knowledge and skills of licensed engineers who serve as consultants to the legal profession and as expert witnesses in courts of law and during arbitration proceedings. Um, In the July-August PE Magazine issue, um, there was a cover feature which highlights the mission of um, the Academy and the professional experiences of some of its members. Uh, When fires, car crashes, defective products, and other accidents lead to property damage, injury, or death, uh, the pursuit of answers often ends in a courtroom. And so uh, the Academy members are essential to applying the art and science of engineering to determine precisely what went wrong. So they're really critical in this area. Uh, But one of the things that some of the leadership um, of the Academy told me that there are quite a few professional engineers performing forensic engineering work who could benefit from membership in the organization. And um, actually, the Academy recently launched a LinkedIn group site for members and non-members. So if you're not a member of the Academy, you can join the group and so you can learn more um, about the organization and just about forensic engineering work. And um, like I said, we may have some members who qualify for full membership in the Academy. Uh, So you can go online at www.nafe.org just to find out um, if you qualify for membership and just to learn more about the organization and all the critical things that they do. So 
uh, just to start on the society news, um, like I said, NSP has been very active in advocacy lately. Lots what, going on. Yeah, lots <laughs> going on. So one of the areas actually, um, it's interesting, uh, NSPE submitted a letter to the editor to the Washington Post about um, a case involving the Oregon State Board of Examiners for Engineering and Land Surveying and Matt Strahlstrom over the practice of engineering without a license. Um, if anyone recalls in the media, um, Jarlstrom was fined $500 by the state licensing board over his use of the engineering title and, and some of his outspokenness about traffic lights and engineering. And so he was fined, and now he's suing the state board for, I guess, infringing on his First Amendment rights. And so in an op-ed published on June 7th, uh, George Will had his opinions about the case. And one of the things he wrote is, if you find yourself in Oregon, keep your opinions to yourself, lest you get fined $500 for practicing engineering without a license. Uh, this happened to Matt Jarlstrom as a result of events that would be comic if they were not symptoms of something sinister. Uh, Will also conveyed his belief that the board considers Jarlstrom to be, quote unquote, like Jesse James, Al Capone, and John Dillinger, a dangerous recidivist after repeated warnings about discussing engineering. Uh, so the letter was in response to the op-ed and sought to clarify why professional engineering is essential in more than just quote unquote practicing engineering and why the engineering license exists. And you can actually take a look on our website uh, for that letter from our NSP president, Cody Verhollen, uh, so she can explain a little bit more about what that means. Um, since like said, this issue is playing out in the media, Another area where we're involved in is, especially on the, with uh, some of the departments of transportation and just with energy policy, we submitted a letter to Department of Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow, uh, where NSP emphasized the essential role of professional engineers in the nation's transportation infrastructure. Uh, professional engineers can provide DOT with critical expertise and serve a unique role in infrastructure development as uh, the individuals in the decision chain who have a duty to put public safety first. And so uh, we emphasize the role in innovation design in any, any areas where licensed engineers should play a key role. The society also urged the Department of Energy to include PEs in all states of assessment and development of the electric grid in response to Energy Secretary Rick Perry's memo examining electricity markets and reliability. Uh, there will be a long-term reliability study going on. And so, of course, a letter was sent emphasizing that PE should be involved in planning, design, development, implementation, operation, and evaluation of resiliency. So those are some of the things, big things going on on the national level. Right. So, of course, I can't leave out the states. Uh, there's two states that are doing some interesting things. Michigan, in that state, a bill was introduced into the state legislature if enacted would require local government agencies to consider a firm's qualifications, experience, and professional personnel when soliciting professional design services for proposed projects. So that highlights the essential use of QBS qualifications-based selection. And this legislation is supported by the Michigan Society of Professional Engineers, along with state chapters of the American Council of Engineering Companies and the American Society of Civil, 
engineers. It's good to hear a good QBS story yes. because we've had some threats to QBS yeah, and other sites recently. Fighting it, trying to push it, yeah. and, and that's always a good. Last but not least, there is a recent law that was actually was enacted this month. Uh, as you know, it's summertime. We all go to amusement parks. We want to have fun, but sometimes there's some safety issues. And in response to a tragic fatality of a 10-year-old last year on a water slide at a Kansas City water park, PEs are now going to be uh, involved in the safety inspection process for amusement rides. Yeah. In April, uh, the governor approved, Governor Sam Brownback approved safety amendments to the Kansas Amusement Ride Act, which includes licensed professional engineers as qualified inspectors in that process. And the Kansas Society of Professional Engineers Executive Director Travis Lowe and uh, President Keith Beatty uh, submitted testimony uh, during that whole legislative process. So areas that people don't think about having a licensed engineer involved and and like I said the there's you know was a tragedy and, and now PEs will be involved in ensuring that water park rides are, are safe. Safe. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. So that's the news you can use. All right. <laughs> I like the news you can use. Yep. Uh, well I am excited to talk about some news and that is that the second annual licensed professional engineers day is coming up on Wednesday, August second. Thank you so much to everyone who made last year's event such a success. Definitely looking forward to your participation this year. I've already seen a couple photos, actually, um, from a couple of firms that have said they're going to be participating and celebrating. So awesome. I just want to let the readers, or the readers, the listeners, (laughs) so used to doing written communication here, (laughs) let the listeners know about a few new resources and tools that you and your employer or, you know, your firm or your university or whoever can use to help promote the event. The first is that for this year, we have actually posted a whole slew of new downloadable graphics to the PE Day webpage, and these include more than just the logo, which has also been updated. We have multiple versions of web banners, leaderboards, as well as a newsletter banner and even a square ad that you can place in newsletters or magazines or websites. And we also have a Twitter header. So if you or your firm is on Twitter, please take a look at that. Consider maybe uploading that closer to the day and use it to proudly show that you are a PE. And then one of the things I'm most excited about, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are on Facebook, but you may have seen where you can sort of change your profile picture to have a picture frame around it. Um, I think a lot of people were doing that where it was like, When some of the terror stuff happened in Europe, you know, you could show your support, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. We've actually created one for PE Day, um, and it would be a little frame around your profile picture that says, proud to be a professional engineer. We're testing that right now, but we will be rolling that out soon. So, of course, we'll let everybody know when that's available. Very excited about that. In response to last year where we got lots of members going out and getting proclamations from their local and state officials and uh, doing that kind of thing, we actually drafted some template language this year, um, and you can free go to the webpage, download and customize that language to solicit proclamations from your local and state officials. Kind of would recommend doing it quickly if you're planning to do that since we're um, counting down. Counting yes. down. It's quickly approaching. But if you have already done that and you haven't let anybody here know, you know, please let us know. Shoot us an email and let us know that you've done that so that we can and in turn publicize them when we do our big promotion. And we are reaching out to our partner organizations this year to solicit their help in promoting the day. 
Um, Discover E, one of our awesome partners, has already agreed to participate, and they're going to be spreading the word to their email lists and on their social media platforms. And then finally, this is where you all come in. Kind of like last year where we got these amazing photos of people holding up boards saying why they're a professional engineer. We definitely want to get all of those again this year. We want to get photos submitted, but we're also looking maybe for some video submissions. So if you have an iPhone, if you have a video camera, you know, take a quick video, maybe show us a day in your life as a PE, maybe some projects that you're working on, or just, you know, stand in front of the camera and say, hey, I'm proud to be a PE because... Um, and you can either send those to pr at nspe.org or feel free to go ahead and post those on any of the social platforms using our hashtag LicensedPEDay. I'm going to put the direct link to all of these resources in our show notes, so be sure to check them out and discover all the ways you can show your PE pride come August 2nd. Yes, and we will definitely highlight uh, some of the photos uh, on our website, and also last year we did a nice two-page spread P magazine just because, you know, we want to highlight our members and other people, again, showing that PE pride, and, and hopefully, like I said, it'll generate some interest out in the public, and mm-hmm. people will ask what's a PE or, or learn more about licensed professional engineers. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I really like the video aspect that you can do because I think, you know, that can really reach a broad platform of people that might not necessarily know what a PE is and kind of highlight, you know, the important things that people are out there doing every single day. Definitely. Um, You know, even for kids that are in STEM programs or might be interested in engineering careers later on in life, I think it gives them a really unique insight into, you know, what you do on a day-to-day basis that you don't, you know, get to experience. You don't, you don't wear pocket protectors and like no. you know, the Dilbert comics. Um, you know, well, you guys, not necessarily. But. Well, no, not a, but I mean, a lot of you are out and about, you know, doing cool stuff. And so we definitely want to see that either in picture or video format. So send us your info, send us your stuff. All right. So now we're going to have our next segment called interesting innovations uh, brought to you by Taylor. So for this first segment, we are going to talk about something that's been really prevalent and prominent in the news, um, especially since it's summertime and the temperatures are going up. So there's been this really big issue going around the country of people accidentally leaving their kids in their cars while they're running in, getting groceries, running errands, um, and kids are getting left in their car seats and suffering from heat strokes and even death. But this one kid from Texas, Bishop Curry, he's only 10 years old, has come up with an invention. Um, He calls it the Oasis to help prevent hot car deaths in children. So the idea is to build a car seat or a car seat cover that can detect if a kid's been left in the car and would have some sort of alert system to let parents know that their kid's still in the car and keep kids cool, either using fans or connecting it directly to the air conditioning to turn it on so the kids aren't overheating. So, so far, you know, Bishop's created a drawing and a clay prototype. He actually started a GoFundMe page back in January to help raise $20,000 to get a formal patent and prototype production. But so far, I just checked his page yesterday, and he has over $45,000. That is awesome. Yeah. So I guess he's already submitted his paperwork to the Patent and Trademark Office, and so now he's just kind of waiting for, you know, them to approve his idea before he goes forward with trying to find a manufacturer who will produce this project. I hope he's successful. Yeah, that's, that's... 
Yeah, that's critical just because, like I said, every summer you always hear a story of somebody leaving their car. I'm sorry, the kids in the, in the car, and, and then you hear about the kid dying, and, and like I said, it's always sad. And then also with right. pets, too. That pets, even. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like this is such a great invention because it's something that is so simple that, you know, you wouldn't really think of using on an everyday basis, but it's something that could really help people and help prevent this, like, terrible tragedy that's been happening. Definitely. Way to go, Bishop. Right. And he's 10 years old. So I know. Future innovator. I like it. Uh, I know. I hope, problems. hope I see his name floating around NSPE someday. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great to hear about that new invention that's hopefully going to save some kids' lives. And so last but not least, it's time for our engineering and pop culture segment uh, where we talk about various interesting things. Last time we talked about hidden figures, but now we're going to talk about the top 10 engineering TV shows. There's actually a list on a website, uh, www.engineering.com, where it lists, like I said, some of the top engineering uh, TV shows and and so some of them are like MacGyver, Heck yeah, MacGyver. Uh, Impossible Engineering. <laughs> I um, remember watching that right. when I was, but now I see, you know, like the new ones, Impossible Engineering, even like Mythbusters does, you know, some engineering mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, what was the one they had on this list too that was interesting? Modern Marvels. Right. Um, and then the one that is kind of on more than I care to admit at my house, mm-hmm. how it's made. I think that show is so fascinating where it shows you processes that they go through to make everyday objects that you just don't really realize how involved and one I just watched recently actually was showing the engineers designing the equipment that was needed to make a machine that would put caps on a bottle. Oh. But I mean it was pretty involved. It was it was fascinating to me. And then you have Star Trek the next generation. My dad was a Trekkie so So (laughs) was mine. You know, watching those <laughs> those shows, and even oh, though I didn't yes. become an engineer, like I said, it was neat, and, and it's good to see those those types of shows. Do you have any favorites or anything other than? Well, other I don't know. About I don't made. know if this is a stretch, but I always think that true crime shows are really interesting. Forensic files. Forensic I'm engineering. a forensic file junkie. Yeah. So you're yes. just talking about forensic. Yeah, we were talking about the National Academy of Forensic, mm-hmm. forensic Engineers, and and some of those. Our members actually do that type of work. Right. right. So. I just think it's so cool to, you know, get behind the scenes and see how intricate and just things that you wouldn't even think of, you know, uh, patterns that they can figure out or how they can figure out which way a bullet shot and just yeah. all those sorts of things. It's just fascinating. It's yeah. cool. Shows you you can't get away with crime either. No. Right. <laughs> Note to self. Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, and I think Eva also is going to put in the show note the list of science and engineering related YouTube channels. And so I think there's going to be a link to that. So in addition to the the top 10 engineering TV shows we just talked about, there'll be some YouTube channels that you can check out. So you can share what you think of these shows or if you have any favorites, um, you can let us know on communities at uh, community.nspe.org. Or send us an email at podcast at nspe.org, and uh, we'll share your feedback on a future episode. So you can get the conversation going and see what your favorite engineering TV shows are. Yes, we would love to hear from you. Well, that's our episode of this latest uh, NSPE Speaks. So we want to thank you for listening, and thank you for letting us invite a new member 
into our fold. Yes, thank you, Taylor, for being here. We think she did an excellent job on her first episode, and we hope you'll be hearing lots more of her in upcoming future ones. We hope to see everyone at the conference. Um, have a great experience there, or you can follow along about all of the cool happenings uh, with the hashtag Pecan17 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that's the wrap for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.